said it was going really well, too. I forgot how to say the word Kafka. Alrighty. Welcome, everyone, to the Tweet Cap. As always, I'm your host, Ryan, and this week we have so much we could be talking about. Literally so much. Um, from Bill Maher's uneven monologue on cancel culture, where he misses the mark entirely on the hashtag Free Britney movement and the New York Times movie that came along with it. The COVID-19 relief bill that just passed by a narrow margin in the House of Representatives because after some careful debate, where many of the most conservative voices in the party didn't attend, and we'll get to that, they decided, given the circumstances, some aid could be warranted. And, my personal favorite, a rescue sheep with 80 pounds of wool pulled off of him in Australia. That's right, 80 pounds of wool. They call him Barack, and I can't bleat like a sheep, but the ba, you get the joke. And funny story, actually, sheep require shearing or else they'll go completely blind and be rendered immobile. But, sadly, we're not going to be talking about sheep today. we got to talk about CPAC. Like me, who don't typically do big gatherings amidst a global health pandemic, seeing CPAC trending at or above number 10 on Twitter might be a little confusing. The fact that they managed to stay that way all week, even more so. Indeed, there is no real analogous event outside of, I would know, an election rally in a normal year that would really encompass what CPAC looks like and what CPAC feels like. There are foreign conferences that do exist, literally called CPAC, um, and they're based off of this format, but we're not going to talk about those in this particular episode. And sure, the American one has gotten mostly negative news coverage over the last five years, and we know now at this point it's a gathering of mostly Trump voters and supporters. But honestly, before this week, it was probably best known as the site of Borat's proposition to Vice President Mike Pence in his subsequent movie film. Many people probably don't even know what CPAC means, and I would wager some of its attendees would even fall into this group. So, for those of you who are still with me right now, the trending acronym CPAC stands for Conservative Political Action Conference, and has been around since before the Ronald Reagan era. In some ways, maybe even ushering it in in 1974, when Reagan himself was asked to be the first keynote speaker and delivered his political version of the Winthrop Shining City on a Hill sermon, which ended up launching him and the conference, sort of, into the spotlight. The conference has happened every year since then. It got a long history, or it has a long history, as a location where conservatives in the conservative movement, along with the Republican Party, which uphold and vote for its tenets, discuss the future of their party, the election, and a shared vision for the country, more or less. And for what it's worth, Twitter and many news outlets are really emphasizing the less in their coverage recently, so um, give that the consideration that you will. CPAC was originally founded by the American Conservative Union, a bit of an oxymoron, those last two if you ask me, and the Americans for Freedom because you need to delineate from all of those Americans against freedom, I suppose. The conference up until this year took place at the Gaylord Resort in National Harbor, Maryland. Now, I know you're probably thinking this sounds like a weird choice given what we know today about red states in 2021, 
But Maryland has some profound ties with the Old South State Coalition and has voted for conservatives up until 1960, and then again in 1972, which was just two years before the very first CPAC meeting. This is in some part due to the inclusion of President Nixon's also indicted, but often overlooked, Vice President Spiro Agnew. Poor guy. Don't worry, Spiro. The folks here at Tweecap know that you're a criminal too. In 2021, however, Maryland was not going to allow a gathering the size of CPEC, which garners tens of thousands over the course of the conference. And so, of course, this is their prerogative. Maryland Governor Larry Hogan, also a Republican, was not going to allow CPEC to proceed as planned. Groups throughout this you know, pandemic have met on both sides of the political aisle. And so Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida, opened up his Oasis of Freedom, the greatest, most magical city in the world, Orlando, to the annual gathering. The hotel, of course, still has a mask mandate, but like a mouth at CPAC, we will not be covering that. The conference is most notable on Twitter for the use of some questionable imagery. But in reality, the biggest takeaway for those of us who don't identify with the right or in some high profile, notable cases, the far right are the speakers who are usually all tacitly running for president and the straw poll conducted to see who those activists in the room believe should be at the top of the next presidential ticket. I say usually, of course, because that is not what we're seeing this go around. It's almost like they have an incumbent president. Throughout its history, though, CPAC has had mixed results in the straw poll. Now, it doesn't always get the names right, for example. In the four years turning up to 2016, Trump did not place in the top two at all. Rand Paul ended up winning three years in a row out of those four years, and then obviously did not get the nomination. And then name ID also carries a lot of weight, and you can see that with the fact that Governor Mitt Romney had won the poll more than any other member of his party and still actually holds that distinction, even managed to get second place at 6%. Again, 6% is not a lot during the Trump era, but he was the only other person not named Donald Trump over the last four years to get any support. He, uh, by the way, is completely barred from coming to CPAC after his vote to convict Trump after an impeachment charge. Even if the names are wrong, the trends tend to be correct. When Pat Buchanan won the poll in 1992, George H.W. Bush ended up losing re-election that year after losing the straw poll to Buchanan for not being in touch with the party's base. Today, we would call the base Twitter stands. Meanwhile, his son, President George W. Bush, only won the poll once in 2000, losing all of his previous appearances due to not having the same experience and name recognition as some of the elder party leaders at the time. But he did end up manage to win his primary and get elected with his new style of campaigning that was very popular within the conservative movement at that time. The thing is, we won't have the results of this year's poll until after Sunday, today, when President Trump makes that long trek from Mar-a-Lago and makes his address to the crowd. The images circul circulating on social media pretty much tell us all we would want to know about what's going on at CPAC and the conservative movement going forward. Uh, the booths usually selling the idea of a Noam, Paul, or Josh Hawley presidency instead deal in waves of MAGA materials, obviously for sale and then for display on your truck or hat for the next four years, and the centerpiece, a golden calf. I'm sorry. I meant to say a golden Trump statue, because what gathering of mostly evangelical Christians wouldn't include a false idol? It seems unlikely that Senator Mittens in his caucus, and no, I don't mean Bernie Sanders, but Utah Senator Mitt Romney, as we mentioned before, uh, will find himself at the center of this movement ever again. As Texas Senator Ted Cruz put it, 
This is no longer just a party of country clubs. This proves one of two things. One, Ted Cruz is still a little jet-lagged from flying south for the winter. Or two, President never gave Cruz his new address. But either way, Cruz is actually right. Uh, whether you're a proponent of this or not, the conservative movement has fundamentally changed. It's adopted new ideologies and cast aside many of the principles discussed for decades within the CPAC format. And I could be wrong about this, as I'm just a guy with a podcast and no skin in the game, but when President Trump gives the keynote on Sunday, we may see the final Kafkian metamorphosis of the American conservative. Bugs and all. And Kafkian, meaning derivative of Franz Kafka, whose work The Metamorphosis features a man turning into a literal bug that not even his mother would love, but I'm once again getting off script at this point. Needless to say, it's some pretty dark stuff. So, what is my point? The point is, keep up the memes by all means of the maskless activists coming to a height near you, Orlando, and let the CPAC trend spread like the coronavirus at a maskless super spreader. But this humble podcaster truly believes we will witness a change that will impact American politics for generations. And honestly, who knows what that's going to look like when it's all said and done. Real quick, everyone, I know that this has been an episode about pretty much just one topic, and I very much appreciate you all for listening and engaging with that one topic. I hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoy doing them. But I did want to take a brief second, since we are literally called the tweet cap, to talk about some of the new Twitter safety features. Now, for those of you who know me, who know Ryan on a personal level, I'm all about people being comfortable where they are. However, it does sort of defeat the point of Twitter to have some of these safety features. For example, you can't see when anyone is engaging with your content. Now, of course, you could see positive engagement, but you can't see any of the negative engagement. Now, yes, that might make you feel good, but it also means you're not hearing any feedback, which means you'll never actually hear an alternate point of view. I go around telling people all the time, especially when they ask me, why Twitter? Why are you so into Twitter? I was like, because Twitter's not real life. Twitter is fictional. The people who are on Twitter don't really exist. Yes, they're real people, they have real lives, but their real lives have nothing to do with the lives that they're portraying on Twitter for the most part. And I think that not being able to see Twitter for what it really is, literally make-believe, it's going to make people think that Twitter is real. I think having the people who are just so far outside of what we would all think is normal behavior be banished to the corner, I think what that's going to do is it's going to give particularly young people, obviously adults not quite as much, but young people, this false sense of what Twitter is and what the reality is. So they're going to be seeing only the extre extreme points of view that they agree with. And when you just see the extreme points of view that you agree with, then extremism doesn't seem so bad. Because you agree with it to some extent. Maybe you're not quite where they are. But you see it enough times. You see enough people engaging with it. And suddenly you're like, well, it seems like other people are into this. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I don't have the right amount of passion for this. And then you go further and further down until eventually you're believing in things that previously you would have thought were just a bridge too far. By not having an example to look at of extremism on both sides, you're essentially making whatever your political belief is, you're making the most extreme parts of that belief 
become the center, the normal, a part of the conversation that everyone agrees with. And again, the, lo the long and short of it is Twitter is just adding these features as a reaction. There has definitely been some need for oversight when it comes to actual hate speech and violence and, you know, potentially even attacks on physical people and places that are planned over the internet and over social media. So I get the need. And again, as someone who believes that you should always feel comfortable, I think there may be some room improving what Twitter does to keep people away. So thanks again for listening and have a great week, everybody. People who are violating terms and agreements should be removed from the platform. Just because the platform is free doesn't mean it's open. If you're not speaking the way that, you know, civilized people speak to one another, then you shouldn't be allowed to have conversations with other civilized people. But the idea that you can just selectively mute certain comments doesn't make any sense to me. It makes even less sense that Twitter's going to tell you that they've done it, because at that point, you're either A, just creating curiosity that's going to ultimately have the people take off the safety mode, or B, you're creating a sense of superiority. Every time you get that notification from Twitter, be like, that person's less than me because that person doesn't know how to engage with me. And so I really think that the safety needs to come from monitoring the accounts, seeing who is real, who is not, obviously being on top of hate speech, obviously being on top of actual violence that happens or is being planned over social media because nobody wants to see that. Nobody wants to be exposed to that no matter what you believe and what you use Twitter for. But the idea, and not just politically, but, you know, if you have an, uh, a, an opinion on a video game or a sports team and you're not going to get to have any bans anyone who doesn't like that game or root for that sports team, uh, at that point, what are you on the platform for? Your ho the whole point is to see people from all over talking. The whole point is it's basically a virtual world where you get to speak I would say your mind to some extent or someone else's mind if you're playing a character um, without needing to actually adopt it in person. And I think that there's too much anonymity on Twitter. I would agree with that. But there has to be some because otherwise it doesn't serve its purpose. So, again, I think it's great that they're trying to do something to increase safety. I don't know if this blocking thing is going to work. I think it's going to increase the echo chambers. And if it's something like sports or video games or music, well, that's unfortunate, but it's not bad. But when it comes to news, current events, and things that we're all supposed to equally share in, I think it really, really does a disservice, the idea that we're allowed to just pick and choose what we want to hear when it comes to the news itself and when it comes to facts that are being shared on social media and that honestly goes with fake facts too if only one group of people is seeing fake facts and the other is not then there'll be no one to call it out so that's my two cents obviously let me know if i'm way off or if you agree with me and again thanks for listening to recap so that was a deep dive into cpac and that's our show for today um i want to thank everyone for all of your support obviously you know i say this every week but it really means a lot to me um, also, if you're watching or listening to this right now, please give my updates video a look. It has some crucial information about the future of this particular show and what we're going to be doing going forward. As always, you can find us on YouTube as well as Apple, Spotify, Audible, Stitcher, I mean pretty much anywhere that you find your podcasts. Um, 
Again, if you like this format, we have other videos of this format coming out. If you like the longer ones with guests, we'll have some more of those coming up in the next few weeks as well. So keep your eye out for whatever, you know, whatever gets you excited about listening to the tweet cap. Um, I'm also toying around with a link to see the articles and the images that I use when I do these shorter, more, you know, compact episodes where there's a little bit more research and a little bit less just talking about what's trending at the time. So if you're interested in that, Obviously, give me a like, subscribe, and comment on this video. Or you can find me at ttweetcap on Twitter. You know, just send me a message or tweet at me uh, with your thoughts on that. And we can maybe get that all set up, too, if it's something that people are interested in. Um, yeah, so thanks again for listening. And have a great week, everybody. Hey everyone, this is Ryan again. I know that if you watch this on YouTube, you're not going to hear this, but this is strictly for the audio-only listeners. Uh, moving forward, we come to the conclusion, we meaning me, that now that we've moved away from the two-host format, uh, and we are pretty much done with the two-host format, there will be a couple of guests every now and again. We're super excited about getting them to come and talk about what what's trending, you know, my friends and other such people. However, because it is mostly going to be me and these, you know, short-form, research-heavy talks, we're going to be moving the entire show, both audio and video, to Sunday. So every week on Sunday, there will be an update. There will be a new episode, usually one of these shorter ones, that's going to be just, you know, me talking. Or if we have a guest, we'll go, you know, and do it on Sunday now instead. So I know for a lot of people, you know, podcasts are put in like order and you have one for every day of the week and i appreciate everyone who's listening who has made the tweet cap a part of their weekly routine and i hope that this doesn't you know screw things up too much but there's been first things happening on in my life when it comes to my day job that i need to make sure i give priority to and so unfortunately sunday is just you know the best day moving forward and we're going to give that a try and see if that changes anything see if that and really take it from there so again i want to thank all of you for being a part of the tweet cap for listening every week and for you know giving feedback and showing your support through liking and retweeting on twitter but we do have to move it to sunday going forward and so i appreciate everyone joining with me now on sundays on spotify apple stitcher audible and pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts Thanks for listening, everyone.